0: Hello and welcome back to episode number eight of the Almost Founders podcast, the practical podcast for early stage entrepreneurs. Today we're talking about risk and uncertainty with Paola Marinone. She is one of the first YouTube employees and her startup My Videos is leading the online video business revolution with its unique analytics suite. It received 2.5 million in funding and has amassed over 4.5 billion views on its videos. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another Almost Founders event. With us today is Paola Marinone, the co-founder of Buzz My Videos. It's great to have you here, Paola. Could you please tell us a bit about yourself?
1: So, um, who I am? Um, my name is Paola Marinone, I'm originally from Italy, but I lived in eight, seven different countries, uh, plus Italy. I'm fa- co-founder and CEO of Buzz my Videos, and previously I was working for Google and YouTube in Ireland, uh south america brazil and argentina specifically
0: today we want to speak about your experience of going from working at youtube for numerous years to building your own startup what have you taken from your old role to your new one especially in the case of risk versus uncertainty but before we get there to get the ball rolling what was the transition like for you what were the biggest differences
1: well, so the transition was interesting because I, when I left YouTube, I wanted to take a gap year, which was for me like time to think, time to do whatever I wanted, like um, cooking, visiting friends all over the globe or Just reading or whatever just i needed some oxygen in my mind that's it because when you're when you're working like either in your startup or in a corporate the problem is that you're really really rushing into something and you always have either quarterly objective yearly objective it's always going after something but you don't have time to think which uh is a problem after a while it's a problem by default, but after a while you need to think. So I decided to take a gap year and I thought it was going to be a year, but then after six months, probably less, I started with my Video. So it wasn't really a gap year, <laughs> but uh, I had the urge to, to do it. So what was the difference really between so the, the, the transition was really like I couldn't stop myself. So I, I had to, well, after I got some really good time, I just started. And then it was, uh, it was about getting the idea down, getting the structure down, and just getting the product out there and see if there was any customer willing to pay for, for the product. And so it was very natural, to be honest. I was still in the area I knew very well, which was uh, everything around YouTube. So it was uh, something I, I, I really mastered. So that's why I, then I started with, uh, with the company and and uh, scaled.
0: This is where we can attack uncertainty and risk and to everyone who's listening right now and who doesn't necessarily understand what the difference is risk refers to a situation where all potential outcomes are known to the decision maker but uncertainty refers to situations under which the outcomes and or their probabilities are not really known to the decision maker a feeling that you will be very familiar with and all the inexperienced entrepreneurs listening are going to be very familiar with in the future. So how did you handle going from working on a product that has already been validated or it's been proven to work to starting from zero and creating something new and untested?
1: So I have to say, so in terms of the type of service we were providing from the very beginning, I, I knew the market very well. So that's, that at least was giving me like the, the chances, at least the probability that it could work, how much it could work. And then many other questions were open, but still it could work and it was the right timing and the right thing to do. Uh, how to develop further, how to build a team and how to be the company, it's, uh, it's a big question mark because if you have never done it before, you've just never done it and you're going to do plenty of mistakes. So the thing, like the uncertainty part is actually something you need to embrace and you need to enjoy. So if you don't like uncertainty, so just for you to know from morning to evening, you just would, if you know 50% of the information that you need to take a decision, you're lucky. Most of the time you don't. And you need to take decisions no matter what, because staying still is not an option. Most of the time, you need to take a lot. So what you do as a CEO, as a founder, you take decisions, period. You do a lot of operations and uh, whatever, but you need to take decisions. And the more you wait, the more the wrong decision you take because you can't waste time. That's the thing. And it's better to be wrong early days in a decision-making rather than than right afterwards because the the difference is actually the size of the opportunity most of the time, especially if you're in tech. And you need to really embrace the uncertainty because you need to have hypotheses and you need to have kind of putting together the data that gives you enough confidence to take a decision and making sure that you're fine with being wrong because sometimes you're going to be wrong and that's it and move on. Um, I've seen many people that are not okay with being wrong. And to be honest, most of the times you're going to be wrong. You just need to get the right one that is big enough and good enough to actually make it happen. And then everything else is going to be fine. But you're going to be wrong most of the time. So that's the reality. And everybody's coming to you with problems. And the, the, very, the real difference between making it or not, I think is that if people are coming to you with problems or they come to you with solutions to then value, uh, validate and that's the difference between success and not succeeding, actually. Because the reality is that most of the people are coming to you as a CEO with problems. And you cannot solve problems to everyone. I mean, they need to find their own solutions. So it's like, I'm going to make an applause to everybody that comes to my desk and say, well, not now because everybody's home office. But people come to me and, I'm, and they're like, at the beginning, they're like, ah, oh, there's a problem. OK, guess what? There's a problem. Really? <laughs> and explain their problems. But what's your solution? What are the three solutions that you can get? I can give you visibility on what I have to, how to to decide among the three solutions. I'm not going to give you the solution because otherwise it's me deciding with extremely limited information, even less than you have in my team.
0: Okay. So walk me through it. If I were your student and you would have to teach me how to deal with uncertainty and learn how to be wrong, what would I do? How was it for yourself? I mean, I don't think that's quite natural for any person to just accept that I am going to be wrong 50% of the time. There has to be some kind of journey where you get to a realization that it's okay in the end. How was it for you and how would you teach it to other people?
1: So I think it comes with the experience as well. So the, the first time you're, you're getting in this path, you just don't want to be wrong. You just want to be right all the time. And that's it. I mean, I think it's a natural kind of being. And uh, because you're taking a lot of risk and you know it and uh, people are looking at you. Most of the time, They, if they're not entrepreneurs, they're looking at you like, okay, is he going to make it? Is or not? And they're kind of cheering for you, but maybe not. Uh, so you, you need to show off. Um, So after at the beginning, you take it personal. I think it's natural and that's not okay, but you learn from that. Uh, I think that sharing experience with other entrepreneurs, I think it's very good because being an entrepreneur and a CEO, I think it's a a very uncommon job, although it's becoming more and more common. Um, It's fairly lonely. Uh, You're always talking to people, but then as a decision maker, You're the one that is looking at the the next 10 years and making things happen today. And you have plenty of responsibility on people's life, uh, on the company life, on whatever. Like you have just responsibilities basically. So you really need to be able to share those feelings with people that have been there or they are there right now. And they're going to share with you like how to cope with that. Um, or sharing ideas because they've been there and they're like come on just uh, just shut up and uh, get a drink or something (laughs) or sometimes it's a serious matter and they're like okay just try to think about another point of view I think that it's uh, very important because uh, it's absolutely natural to take it personally and then with experience you're not going to take it personally you're going to be just fine with it Uh, and then you need to share it with other people so that they they don't take it too personal if you just take it personal then it's not going to go and last long because uh, as an entrepreneur, really like this, there's a line of Jeff Jeff Basin, which was very interesting about this. He was, uh, so the, the, the strategy of Amazon is actually to, to try every single market segment, anything, any type of service. And they know already that statistically, um, 70% 70% of those services and, and, and business lines are going to fail. So they're just confident. They're throwing millions of it because what they're saying is that if you don't try big enough um, and if, if you don't fail big enough, actually, you haven't tried big enough or hard enough. The key thing is that you really need to try it and you know it's going to be failing. And it's a statistical, <laughs> a statistical thing. Um, 50, 60, 70% is going to fail. Uh, you just need to make sure you know it. Uh, you're fine with that. You take your decisions, and of course, like uh, you try to do your best. And then, I mean, not, I mean, some businesses are getting so impacted now with the pandemic, and they have nothing to do with it. They, leave, they need to live with it. They need to take the best out of it. But, I mean, it's nobody's responsibility, but you need to get tomorrow and the day after and do your best and adapt. Because an entrepreneur needs to adapt. That's the thing that is more the most important. Never stay still. So imagine there's a pandemic. So let's take a, for example, uh, a very impossible thing or nearly impossible thing. I mean, you have day, day zero is like panic. Day one is research. Day two is what are my options. And day three is like actions you don't you don't count to day five until you, uh, otherwise if you don't decide to do something again, you don't know you don't like for example in, in March when the pandemic started, you, we didn't know how the market was going to behave because the market was completely crazy, so people were staying at home, there were some segments that were growing like crazy, some segments were crashing. Um, it was impossible to to understand the forecast because nobody has ever seen it i mean nobody went through a war i mean my my grandparents did but there was no internet back then and so you just need to talk to people listen to people and try to understand what's going on and then move on and uh, try things because uh, really like for example in the pandemic which is a very extreme case if you stay still you're dead as a business there's no hope you're dead completely gone
0: yeah Um, The three days that you just mentioned, the research options, actions, is that how you attack uncertainty within itself? Day zero, as you said, is where you recognize a problem, which is the pandemic in this case. Day one is when you try to familiarize yourself with all the data that is available. Day two is when you figure out what different paths you can take. And day three is the action day when you actually start to test it on people. And that's where you eliminate the uncertainty. Is that correct?
1: But that's how you manage uncertainty yeah. or eliminate. <laughs> but yes, that's correct.
0: <laughs> well, I guess managing it is already half of the rent.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But as well, like for example, I think that one important thing, in, in this case, for example, the pandemic or whatever product or service you're selling. So, for example, we have a technological service, okay? Most of the people just don't understand what we're talking about. But if you just package it in a different way or you just listen to the market on how the need so the need is there you have a brilliant product the need is there but they don't talk to each other so the problem is that it's not that there's no need or that you have the wrong product you're not communicating all right so you need to go there listen and once you listen you go back and just change your pitch you change the way you package it sometimes it's just as simple as that but you really need to listen and you need to do research and then you need to go back it's really like back and forth but to the market, if it's a product or to like a strategy, if it's a strategy, but whatever it is, you always need to go back and forth to listen, try and it's trial and error, really. Um, it sounds odd, but that's what it is. You need to shape it and listen and fine tune and, and that's a daily job, really.
0: Yeah. Of course, I mean, of course, you're always creating a certain kind of product or a process for a customer, and the only way to find out what that customer wants is to get their opinion on it at the end of the day. For my final question, though, I, this is a bit personal to me. I hate these heuristics when people say, for example, risk, bigger risk equals bigger reward. But the more I look at entrepreneurship, I feel like the actual rule is bigger uncertainty equals bigger reward. What is your opinion on that?
1: that's correct uh i i would agree with you um and especially in technology so in technology that or like for example now with pandemic you're gonna see the next 10 years are gonna be like the the biggest entrepreneurs and the biggest companies that are gonna start in the next decade are gonna start this year and it was the same in 2010 so it's like a 10 year kind of uh like the decade really changes and the the thing they're going to see is that because there's a lot of uncertainty that it means that a lot of opportunities are arising, And it's usually the job of the entrepreneur to see how big the, the, the area of opportunity is to actually solve that problem. And usually with uncertainty comes really huge opportunities as well. That's why crises are very bad because crises are not good. But from an entrepreneurship point of view, because it's a miss, it's a, it's a mismatch of whatever was the, the status quo before it's going to be a new status quo coming. So in between it's where the opportunities are. So never waste a good crisis in, a, in an entrepreneurship point of view means really like you really get the understanding of the needs. To actually create something meaningful for the next decade. Of yeah,
0: of course. I mean, if the data was out there and it was accessible to everyone, then why would no one do it, right? The point of managing on un- uncertainty is finding out this data that no one has ever found before. Which brings this to a pretty good end as well. Thank you also for saying that the biggest companies have been started this year. We also started this year. So let's see how that goes.
1: So the next decade is yours. Great.
0: (laughs) So I think this is a great segue to also the Q&A section and Thank you again for your great insight. It was extremely valuable. And I genuinely think that it can be practically used on a day-to-day basis, especially your explanation of those three different days. And uncertainty is something that you need to be aware of as an entrepreneur. You know it's going to be there, but putting a word and a definition to this kind of feeling that you're going to feel on a day-to-day basis is, in my opinion, genuinely the first step to learning how to manage it. Understanding that this is something normal and there's a way to reduce it and manage it. This was episode number eight of the Almost Founders podcast. Thank you to Paula for participating and also thank you to the Museum of Entrepreneurship for always supporting us. They collect and document stories of entrepreneurs of our times. You can check them out on their website at museumofentrepreneurship.com if you want to become a member of our community of entrepreneurs and ask questions directly to our next guest you can sign up to our website at almostfounders.com thank you for listening i'll see you next episode